Welcome to High Cheese. It's Friday, August 11th, 2023, and we have breaking news. And the breaking news is that Attorney General Merrick Garland just appointed a special counsel regarding the Hunter Biden case. And guess what? Who does he pick? He picks David Weiss, the attorney that was already overseeing the case. This is the attorney that signed off on the bogus Hunter Biden plea deal. And do they really think that we're that stupid? And you know what this is like? This is like going to the doctor for a second opinion on something. And then your second opinion is the original doctor that you went to. And this is what's going on here. This is just a dog and pony show. There's a couple of things that this is going to do for the Biden administration. One is it's just going to put window dressing on the entire Hunter Biden process. And... David Weiss is likely to come out and say, oh, I reviewed anything, nothing, no, nothing to see here. Nothing to see here. He's just covering his own tracks, covering his own butt, covering for Merrick Garland. So this whole thing just stinks. Why couldn't they appoint somebody else? Nope. They couldn't do that because it doesn't meet their political objectives. And what this does for the Biden administration does a couple of things, along with just putting window dressing on the process that took place over the past several years regarding Hunter Biden and this plea deal. Does a couple other things. Now, what this does is Hunter Biden's attorneys and the Department of Justice were at an impasse because they got caught trying to sneak in that immunity deal regarding Hunter Biden. And a trial would likely ensue. Now, this holds off on that trial because there's now a special counsel looking at this. So we'll never see a trial take place between Hunter Biden and the Department of Justice because God knows what would come out during that trial. Now, the other thing that this could have an impact on is David Weiss's ability to testify before Congress regarding the whistleblowers, regarding what happened with this plea deal that went kaput. So he may not be able to testify before Congress as a result of being appointed special counsel. And do they really think that we don't see through this? Now, look, there's going to be some Democrats that couldn't care less. They just want to be self-ignorant. Yeah, whatever, just I'm going to vote Democrat. But do they really think the rest of the country doesn't see through this? So like I said before, it's like going to a doctor for a second opinion and then, and then finding out that the doctor who is giving you the second opinion is the original doctor. This is an absolute joke. This, this is just indicative of the yahoos that we have in power right now. It's all about protecting themselves. It's not about you or me. It's all about them. And I'll get into a couple of examples later on in this podcast, but this is just a joke. When it first came across the screen, I looked at it, I thought it was, I, I actually thought it was a joke. So we shall see. And it's been another bad week for Joe Biden. This corruption scandal is slowly squeezing him. He's trying to tout Bidenomics, it's falling flat. But before I get into Bidenomics, I just want to go to 
an interview between Peter Ducey and Joe Biden this week. And I don't listen to Fox, but occasionally if there's something that comes up on the internet that's interesting from Fox, I'll play it. And I'm going to play this interview between Biden and Peter Ducey. So let me play it and then we'll come back and discuss because take a look at his response and you tell me if Joe Biden's response is the response of an innocent person. So let's go to the clip and then we'll come back and discuss. There's this testimony now where one of your son's former business associates is claiming that you were on speakerphone a lot with them talking business. Is that what? I've never talked business in anybody. And I, I know you'd have a lousy question. Well, what do you, it's, why is that a lousy question? Because it's not true. Thank you, Mr. President. And we know it's a bold-faced lie. That's a lousy question. I never talk business with anyone. And again, we know that's a bold-faced lie. Because documents have come out that show us that Joe Biden knew of his son's business ventures. There's a handwritten note on, on VP letterhead to Devin Archer saying, Oh, I'm so happy to hear that you and Hunter Biden are together. And he didn't mean they were dating. And again, he goes back to, oh, it's a lousy question. And why should we believe him? We have the Hunter laptop, which he said was Russian propaganda. Not true. He said that his son Hunter never took money from China. Not true. He never talked business with his son. Not true. And we have all this LLC money filtering into Joe Biden's account starting in 2017 millions millions and millions of dollars and he still has to answer for that and we're supposed to believe him on this and now i want to go back to a, a clip with peter Ducey. apparently biden's pr people tracked him down in the parking lot and said oh we only objected to the speakerphone issue trying to put a spin on everything trying to make people focus on a speakerphone conversation Rather than the fact that Joe Biden said he never spoke business with anyone. It's a bold-faced lie. So let's go to this clip and then we'll come back and discuss. And as soon as I got back to the rental car in the parking lot at that wind tower plant that used to be a solo cup plant, which is the fun fact of yesterday, uh, I heard from a White House official who was disputing the very premise of that question that we were asking about. Uh, talking business on speakerphone because in Devin Archer's testimony, he doesn't say that they talked business specifically. But Devin Archer later did come out to say it is categorically false that President Biden, then Vice President Biden, did not know what was going on with Hunter uh, while all of this was happening. And so that is why we asked the question that we did. And this is going to be their public relations stance. Well, Biden only talked about the weather. Before I move ahead, let me just preface this. Here's what happened. Hunter Biden would get his clients in a room or at a restaurant. He would tell them, I can get access to every level of government that you need. You hire me, I will make sure you can get anything you need. Because I have access to high levels of government. And as I said before, I've seen it. I've worked in Hudson County for a number of years. And this is how they work. It's selling access. But you need somebody on the other end to perform for you. So during these meetings, 
Hunter was saying, this is, I can do this for you, I can do that for you, and lo and behold, he calls his father the Vice President of the United States. And apparently Joe Biden was talking about the weather, talking about his dog, maybe. But we know what went on. Devin Archer knew what went on. This was the Biden brand. They were selling the Biden brand, and Joe Biden was right in the middle of it. He didn't need to talk about any specifics to be guilty. He knew the game that was being played. Well, Hunter, Hunter Biden was doing all the negotiation for the dollars with these people. Joe Biden was just showing his influence with the phone call. And that's what's corrupt. But their defense is going to be, well, he didn't talk about this. He didn't talk about that. But as Devin Archer said, Hunter Biden's partner. No, everybody got the message at that meeting. It was Joe Biden. And Joe Biden was Hunter Biden's hook. And the other thing, like I said before, they're trying to blur the fact that during the interview, Biden said, oh, I didn't talk business with anyone. And again, that's another bold-faced lie. And with that said, the media is going to do their best to cover up for Joe Biden. And here's what they're grooming the American people for. They keep on saying no evidence, no evidence. Oh, there's no evidence. What they're trying to groom the American people for is that anything short of Seeing Joe Biden's hands in a bag of money, he didn't do it. He wasn't involved. I think it was Rudy Giuliani, who was a great prosecutor in New York also. He said that he's put away mobsters with less evidence. But the media wants you to believe that, oh, we have to see Joe's hands in the bag in order for him to be guilty. And that's just untrue. But if it meets their goal, that's what they're going to push. And with that said, I want to go to a clip with Jake Tapper. Jake Tapper's interviewing James Comer, the chair of the House Oversight Committee that's investigating all of this. Well, most of it. And Tapper's out there saying, oh, well, we haven't seen any evidence. And again, it's part of the grooming of the American people. It's part of the grooming of the CNN viewer. They want you to believe that Biden's innocent because they didn't catch his hand actually in the bag. So let's go to the clip and then we'll come back and discuss. So it's assumptions, it's how the world works. But again, just looking for evidence, because we're talking about impeachment here. I don't see any evidence of any crime. And frankly, that is how the world works in Washington, D.C. And if you guys are going to launch an effort to try to reform Washington so people who are powerful can't have their wives and children and husbands and others traffic on that relationship, you know, I'll, I'll be first in line to help you out. And can you believe Tapper? Where's the evidence? I don't see any evidence here. Where's the crime? And he's continuing this narrative that the media and the Democrats and rhinos are pushing is that, oh, you have to have a crime. You have to have a conviction of a crime in order to be impeached. And anything less of that, you can't impeach him. Well, you shouldn't impeach him. That's what he's saying. But remember, during the two Donald Trump impeachments, everybody was saying impeachment is a political issue. It's not the court of law. It's a political issue. And the House right now has plenty to impeach. And don't believe the narrative when you hear CNN and people on the left saying, oh, you need to convict of some sort of crime to impeach. No, that's not how it is. That's not how it works. And then Tapper goes on to say, well, this is normal behavior in Washington. This is how it works. 
So he's trying to normalize Hunter Biden's behavior with his father. And that's how it works. They're all trafficking. And he makes that comment at the end to Comer about, well, if that's what you're trying to do, I'm all in for stopping the insider game that's played in Washington. Well, Jake Tapper, that's your job. You should have been doing that for the past 10 years. And that's the problem with, uh, that's one of the problems with journalism. They're lazy. They're lazy and they're political. And they're not journalists. And Jake Tapper and CNN and the Democrats, they have an ally in Mitch McConnell. Mitch McConnell came out this week and said that, oh, no, it's not a good idea to impeach Biden. It won't be good for the country. So if Mitch McConnell is against it, I'm for it. So we shall see. And Biden is really pushing Bidenomics. And his people and the people around him, they think they should use Biden's economy as a positive. Well, that's not flying. And CPI numbers came out this week. And on Wednesday, the CPI went up. It went up from last month. But here's the game that the Biden administration plays and these talking heads on the CNBCs of the world. They want you to believe that it went down. The headlines, the first five paragraphs of all their articles, it implied that inflation went down. Well, guess what? It didn't. It went up. It ticked up from last month. But you wouldn't hear that from CNBC, the White House. Everything's great. We're getting inflation down. But they failed to tell you it went up from last month. And here's the thing that they don't get. You can have all these numbers that come out say inflation's driving down, they can come out and say that inflation is at 2%. But if housing, gas, food, cars, if their prices are still high, it don't matter. You can have all your statistics, but if the American people don't feel that their housing costs are going down, their gas costs are going down, vehicle prices, and food, if those don't go down, the American people do not believe your inflation statistics. So in a way, I hope no one from the Biden administration is following this podcast because I just gave them a piece of advice on what to avoid. And then the funny thing is, is that, oh, okay, we got inflation running down. So that's been the story on uh, Thursday. And then Friday pops up. Wholesale price index, it ticks up, which just flies in the face of this White House narrative on inflation. So we shall see. So let's talk about Ukraine for a couple of minutes. So this counteroffensive is not going too well for Ukraine. They've taken heavy losses. Like last number I saw was there were between 25 and 30,000 deaths just from this counteroffensive. Because what they're doing is they're meeting up with these heavily fortified defense lines of the Russians. And they just can't penetrate it. There are also reports that Russia is making advances in the northeast section of Ukraine. Even a lot of the mainstream press today is saying, hey, look, guys, this thing is not going too well for Ukraine right now. And what does Biden propose? He proposes another $24 billion supplemental package, just additional on what's already been budgeted for. He wants to add $24 billion for Ukraine. And lo and behold, what happens is that Ukraine is trying to recruit more soldiers. And you've heard reports that Ukrainian officials actually dragging military-age kids off the streets and just putting them right into the army and training them. Now, they've officially also started a new recruitment drive, and that was started, I don't know, several months ago. And guess what happened? All of these recruitment officials were fired because they all got caught taking money, kickbacks, 
So what would happen is that, you know, you know, just pay me off, have your family pay me off, and I'll look the other way. You won't get recruited. And these recruiting officials for the military, they gave themselves away because they were buying all these expensive cars. They were buying homes in other countries. And this is what Ukraine is all about. It's all about corruption. And I just find it ironic when people say, oh, we're fighting for democracy. Ukraine's not a democracy. It's oligarchy. And what gets me is Biden's proposing another $24 billion in this just to churn up these poor Ukrainian kids. That's what it's all about. Making money for the defense departments at the expense of Ukrainian kids. That's not a way to run foreign policy. Okay, let's switch uh, to Donald Trump and his J6 indictment. And the DOJ and Trump's attorneys met today to determine essentially what Donald Trump is allowed to talk about regarding his criminal litigation. And and I'm reading early reports. And what the early reports say, in a nutshell, is that the judge has restricted what Donald Trump can talk about. He can't talk about sensitive material. Now, it's kind of subjective what sensitive material is, but I can see this hindering Donald Trump's re-election campaign. You're going to hamstring him what he can talk about? And who's going to determine what's, sub- what's sensitive and what's not sensitive? Is he going to have to check in with the judge and get her approval before he can talk about it at a rally? At this point, it's still up in the air about how much Trump will be hamstrung by this, but he definitely will to some extent. And the question is, how is Donald Trump going to handle this? That's the all-important thing. And let's see the judge try to put him in jail for saying something that she doesn't like. That would be very interesting. Now, the other thing is that Jack Smith, the prosecutor, is trying to get a trial date of, I think, January 2nd. And he's trying to time this trial right in the middle of primary season. And again, it's all about the politics. This is not a prosecutor. This is a politician. This is a member of the deep state or a person that's trying to curry favor with the deep state. But they're afraid. They're very afraid. And they're not afraid for you. They're not afraid for me. They're afraid for themselves. And they see the polling that's coming out, the most two recent polling in two swing states, Michigan and Arizona. Trump is beating Biden, and they're getting desperate. And with that said, first let me go to a a clip with uh, Donnie Deutsch from Morning Joe. Boy, is he desperate. Is he trying to scare people? So let's go to the clip and then we'll come back and discuss. Do you not understand that if Donald Trump wins, nothing else matters because it's over? Morning Joe might act, just to take a little example, Morning Joe might not exist anymore because Donald Trump has said, as all autocrats say, what they will do. And he said, if I'm elected, I want the FCC reporting directly into me. And he will cancel the show. I mean, you need to think that, excuse me, that extreme. It's over. Freedom is over if Donald Trump gets elected. It's that simple. No other issue matters. Every other issue sprinkles down from that. However you feel about the economy, however you feel about whatever issue you're dealing with, we turn into an autocracy. What our forefathers fought for 250 years ago is over. That's what's at stake at this election. Everything else is a subtext to that. Oh, this guy's comical. So disregard high inflation, disregard $5 a gallon gas, disregard high housing prices, disregard it an inept presidency because we have to save Morning Joe. 
because Donald Trump's coming after us. That's all that matters. And here's the arrogance with these people. These people think they represent democracy, whether it's the people on Morning Joe, whether it's the people in these bureaucracies, they think they represent democracy. And the decisions I make, those are what representing democracy. I may not be elected, but I represent what democracy is all about. And they're all arrogant about it. And it's a very small group of people that are claiming to defend democracy. They're not trying to defend democracy. They're trying to defend their own power. And they're trying to conflate the fact that, yeah, Trump's going after you with the fact that Trump's attacking democracy. You know, and then he says, well, Trump does what autocrats do. He tells you what he's going to do. Well, don't you want that from a politician? Instead of being lied to year after year by politicians, you got, we finally got a guy that tells the truth what he's going to do. The only problem is Deutsch doesn't like what Trump is going to do because it affects him personally. Deutsch couldn't care less about you. He cares only about his own power because in his mind, he's democracy. Not you, not me, not Donald Trump, him. And with that said, I want to switch to another character. And this is CNN interviewing uh, Judge Luddick. And he's the judge that testified before the J6 committee. And he's a Republican and they're, they're playing him up. Oh, he's a conservative Republican. And we should listen to him because Trump is a danger. But I find his reasons for calling Trump a danger interesting. So let's go to this clip and then we'll come back and discuss. Trump is winning by a mile in the polls. Republican officials are lining up behind him. What do you think has happened to your party? I, I'm, I'm not a political person, Poppy, and... Uh, Frankly, I don't care about the Republican Party at all, except to the extent that the, the two political parties in, in, in America are the political guardians of democracy mm -hmm. in our country. Uh, American democracy simply cannot function without two equally healthy and equally strong political parties. So today... In my view, there is no Republican Party to counter the Democratic Party uh, in, in the country. And for that reason, uh, American democracy is in grave peril. Oh, that was a rich statement. And here's what Ludic says. Political parties are two major political parties. The Democrats and Republicans are guardians of democracy. How laughable is that? We've essentially had a uniparty in Washington for 40 or 50 years, and they've developed into these institutions that are only in, interested in taking care of themselves. A cabal of people that represent their own interests, not the interests of the people. And Ludic has a lot of nerve to say that these corrupt parties are guardians of democracy. Again, how laughable is that? Ludic should take a look at history regarding political parties. George Washington was not a member of a political party. And if you take a look at his farewell address, he wasn't too keen on political parties in the first place. But now, according to Ludic, they're guide rails of democracy today. And there's no more the Republican Party, according to him. Well, as he knows it, it's completely different. Doesn't mean there's no political party. Doesn't mean there's no Republican political party. There's been a morphing going on within the Republican Party and within the Democratic Party. People who used to be Democrat have been slowly moving over to the Republican Party. 
the middle class, the working class, minorities. These people have been gradually going over to the Republican Party over the years, but Donald Trump galvanized it. And what's happened is Republicans and rhino Republicans have been slowly trending over to the Democratic Party. So the Democratic Party now represents the rich and wealthy, the extreme rich and wealthy. Oh, and did I mention that the Democrat Party is now the party of big business, big tech? Whereas years ago, it was supposedly the Republican Party. And the Republican Party is now representing the middle class, working class, and a growing number of minorities. But Luddick can't have that. That's not the Republican Party I know. So they're not strong. And again, it's all about him and it's all about the people that surround him. It's about their own power. And it's interesting. Uh, parties have morphed over the years. I think we started with the Federalists and Anti-Federalists early on in our history. And you've had the Whig Party, other parties. But they've kind of morphed as time went along. But there was nothing like the two-party system as guardians of democracy. The founding fathers would have laughed at Luddick over this, particularly in light of the corruption that goes on in Washington today. It's absolutely laughable. But they're desperate. These rhinos, these uniparty people, these people of the cabal, they are threatened. And they've got to throw anything out there. And I just find it interesting that they talk this insanity with a straight face. And all I can say is that the Democrat Party, the Republican Party, the Uniparty, the cabal, the deep state, they killed their golden goose because of their lust for power and greed. So we shall see. Okay, before I go, I just want to read you this article. Uh, one of my brothers had sent it to me, and I just thought it was really interesting and appropriate. And it's about a gentleman from Canada. He spent $85,000 U.S. on electric Ford truck, an electric Ford F-150, Lightning EV. So he buys it for $85,000. Then he has to spend $10,000 to install two chargers, one at work and one at home. And then he had to upgrade his home's electric panel for $6,000 to accommodate the charger he put in at home. And his name is Delbir Bala. And he's quoted as saying, the electric vehicle is the biggest scam of modern times. And the reason he bought the truck is that he wanted to be a responsible citizen. So he's virtue signaling. He spends $100,000 on a truck. Imagine $100,000 on a pickup truck. He could have bought the gas-powered version of this pickup truck in 2019 for about $40,000, $50,000. Tops. But he wants to spend $100,000 on the vehicle because it's virtue signaling. I think that's insane. But this is what these globalists have done to their citizens. And in this case, this citizen, Bala, was all too happy to accommodate. I just want to be a responsible citizen. So he overspends on a truck that he can't use. So then listen to this. Not long after his purchase, Bala got into a minor accident, which he said required light assembly on the front bumper. Bala took the vehicle to the body shop and did not get it back for six months. He said no one from Ford answered his email or phone call for help. And then the limitations of the truck became even more apparent when Bala embarked on a chaotic 1,400-mile road trip to Chicago. It says here, fast-charging stations, which only charge EVs up to 90%, cost more than gas for the same mileage. On the family's first stop in Fargo, North Dakota, it took two hours and $56 to charge his vehicle 
from 10% to 90%. The charge was good for another 215 miles. On the second stop in Albertville, Minnesota, the free charger was faulty and the phone number on the charging station was of no help, he said. The family drove to another charging station in Elk River, Minnesota, but the charger was faulty as well. This sheer helplessness was mind-boggling, Ballow wrote in the online post. My kids and wife were really worried and stressed at this point. There were no other fast charging stations within range of Elk River, and his vehicle only had 12 miles left. So he ultimately had the vehicle towed to a Ford dealership in Elk River and rented a regular gas-powered vehicle to complete the family's trip to Chicago. The family picked up the F-15 Lightning on the way back to Winnipeg. Ballas says, it was in the shop for six months. I can't take it to my lake cabin. I cannot take it for off-grid camping. I cannot take it even for road trips, he said. I can only drive in a city. It's the biggest scam of modern times. But this is what you get with this global agenda. You're going to pay $100,000 for a truck that you can't use. In a way, I don't feel sorry for this guy because he was trying to virtual signal. Oh, I'm a good good guy. I'm going to make a dumb purchase. I'm not going to think about the ramifications of my purchase. As long as I'm virtuous, as long as I please my gods, and this is what we're heading for with if we don't do something about our institutions, our government, our leaders, you're going to wind up paying $100,000 for a Ford that you can't use. So with that said, thank you so much for listening. Have a good week, and I will see you next Saturday.